guys. I am here with Oliver and Queen Maria, and we are recording a podcast today. So you guys have been requesting to have more of Queen Maria on the podcast, and your wish is my command. I'm so excited to share her with you for the next hour, and basically asked you guys, well, I'll let you say hello first. Hi, and thank you for wanting to having me. <laughs> Um, I asked you guys what you wanted to hear from us, what topics you wanted, what questions you wanted. People sent a lot of questions. So we're just going to see how many we can get through and see where we take it. And yeah, Ali is sitting right in between us and we're in Costa Rica right now. And it is incredibly windy outside. It's I've never heard it so windy. And hi, Ali. Hi. <laughs> and you can really hear it. So please bear with us. We're trying to be in the quietest room in the house and it's still really loud. So let's get into the questions. And for anybody who doesn't know or wants to hear our first episode, actually we've had two, I think. So I will link those in the description because in one of, in our first one, my mom talks about just like growing up and different hardships and just like gives, gives a little more background. So if you guys want to hear that one, I'll leave it in the description. So somebody asked, this is a funny question, I thought. Somebody asked, how often do you both use the pool in your house? <laughs> well, I use it... Uh, you never get in the pool. Well, you're never here. But, all year but I've never seen you get in the pool. No, because unfortunately, when you come here, it's either cold or windy, and it's freezing cold. But I get in the pool. But when I'm like working out in, um, in the terrace, afterwards, I like to walk and get my muscles a little bit looser. But in the pool in the pool okay. yeah i like to walk and then i swim a little bit and then i get out so you do get in oh yeah i do get in yeah so she asked how often how often um now the climate has been pretty cold it's been weird yeah, it's so i haven't got in the pool very often since this year started i only like to get in because i hide from the sun but i like to get in so i can take cute pictures that i can send to boys oh my goodness <laughs> Okay. I'm just mm. kidding. Mm. Um, okay. How do you get along so well? Somebody asked this. Why do you think we get along so well? Why do Well, um, I think we understand each other and we have, I think, the same tastes most of the time and the same things we share that we like. Um, we have the same principles. Yeah. So I think... Um, I think we always got along. We always did. It, it, sometimes people say it's weird how you get along with your daughters. I go, well, I guess they're very much like we were, like my husband and I were. So that's what I think. Um, we do get along. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I have my dad's personality, right? Wouldn't you say that? Oh, definitely. So my dad, guys, my dad's name was Tomas. My mom calls me. Tomasita. <laughs> so well, she's annoying. So it's funny because I look like my mom, but I think inside I'm just like That's my okay. dad. Yeah, it's true. But I think I'm funnier than he was. Oh, no, definitely. He was a bit serious. Yeah, he was but a bit when, serious. He was funny when he wanted to. So how would you describe him? If somebody does, has never heard me talk about my dad and I'm saying that I'm just like him, how would you describe him? Well, he had a great personality. He was. He knew what he wanted. He knew who he was. Um, and he kind of like talked when he needed to. But that's not like he me. I can't shut no. up. He was, that's why you're like me in that sense. Yeah. Um, he wasn't <laughs> much of a talker. <laughs> we used to sit and talk. Yeah. But 
but it was um like when he was gonna say something everybody paid attention yes, because he yeah. didn't just like talk like you and i just talk no he was very smart yeah very, he was brilliant actually and um so he liked people that were brilliant like him so yeah yeah i mean he was a perfectionist totally. so the way that i would describe totally. him because we would we can describe him in, in some similar ways and in, in some different ways but I think growing up, I didn't realize. So my dad passed away when I was 18, for anybody who doesn't know that. So growing up, you know, like when I was young, like a teenager, I didn't realize how similar we were. Yeah. Because I think I think I only I think I only started to realize how similar we were, like in my mid to late 20s, when I started to get to know myself a little bit more. You know, when you start to understand your personality, you start to you you see what you see your flaws, you see yeah. the things you like about yourself, you you understand that a little bit more. And I it yeah. really hit me that I was like, wow, like I am just like my dad because in some ways, right? He was such a perfectionist. He had an incredible work ethic, which I mean, I think I can always improve, but I think that I, when I set my mind to something, you can't get me out of it, you know? Like I think I'm very ambitious the way he is. He was very impatient as well. Super impatient. Yeah. You're only pointing out the bad things. I'm trying to oh, talk no, about some of the good things. I mean, but no. Yeah, he was he, very impatient. I have no patience. He was super organized. I feel like I'm super totally organized. organized. If you moved the pen from his desk, yeah, he was so upset. He would know it. Yeah. It was like, yeah. He that. laid out so funny. He would lay yeah. out his outfit. So he worked out every morning yeah. at like six in the morning, right? And was ready. he would lay out his outfit and it was folded to perfection. It looked like somebody from like Saks Fifth Avenue had folded yeah. his outfit. Yeah. He would lay it out the night before every single day so that when he woke up, his outfit was perfectly ready for him to go. I don't do that that crazily, but... And then I also think he was, he was a very anxious person. I'm a very anxious person, as you guys know. And... He was definitely a little more reserved, a little more serious. I can't shut up. And I think that's a part that I have fully from my mom, where <laughs> I talk to the wall. I can talk to anybody. I wonder what she's trying to say. Yeah, I <sighs> I think I'm very outgoing, but I don't think I was like that forever. So anyway, the question was, how did we get along so well? I feel like we always had a good relationship. I think I was a, I had a, a year or two when I was 16, when I was a brat, remember? Oh, yeah. Like I had a I bad teenage year, but then after that it was yeah, everything was fine. It was just one just year. Yeah, it's just a phase. Kids go through. And yeah, and then after that with. it was great. And then I think also you know I think we we have such a small family. We were always so you know it's just we didn't have that many people. Like we didn't have that many people in our family. And then also when you go through so many hardships, it inevitably I think. I mean, in some situations can probably make people drift apart, but with us, it just made us closer because it was always my mom and I against whatever problem was in front of us. Yep. So I think now we just, after going through so many things, now we just like, we just want each other to be happy. Cause but, um, like to end it up about Tom, he was a great father. Yeah. A great husband. Yeah. I mean, he lived for his family. He lived for us, actually. <clears throat> somebody and said... so it's beautiful. In the same um, topic, somebody said, mm -hmm. were you guys codependent on each other after your dad passed? I think we were, maybe. Um, we tried to help each other, like Lisa says. Like, I would, I stayed with her most of the time when she entered college. Um, I would just come back for a week to Costa Rica and then go back, because um, I have a time limit to be in the States. So I would really use it to be with her and help her out through that year because it was very hard for us yeah and after a while we started kind of like 
getting apart a little bit, but I think we always, what we do is if we need each other, we're there. If she needs me, I'll try to do everything I can and I'll be there and I know she will do the same for me. Yeah, I co-sign that. Um, Okay, somebody said, how does she stay hopeful when things get hard? How do I stay hopeful? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, people say I'm a strange person in the way that I had a lot of tough and, and yeah. hardships in what my life. What would you say has been the hardest thing? But, oh, wow, his death. Really? That's yeah. the hardest thing? Oh, yeah. It's hard because, like, when my mom and my dad and everybody else passed away, he was there. Yeah. And we were very close, and we comforted each other in, in, in our, when we went through a bad situation. So losing him was like, wow. I don't have anybody else. What am What am I going to do? I think it's so beautiful how it's very hard. I, but I think it's so beautiful how um, even when he passed away, that was what thirty years of marriage. Yep. And you guys were still like in love. Yeah. Mo- a lot of people yeah. don't get that. No, that's why because you know you hear all these stories about married couples that when I sit with my classmates, ex classmates, and we have a nice relationship, all of us, and everybody starts telling stories. And I'm like, that never happened to me. No, nope, that about never what? happened to me. About like maybe how their husband treated them, or what happened Cheated to on their them. relationship, or yeah. this happened to me. And I'm like, well, no. And they all look at me like, oh my God, that's weird. And, no, you had a beautiful and really relationship. Was, so it was very, very hard for me to to lose them. But you know, I, so I'm a pretty good Catholic. Um, I think God has helped me along the way. I don't think I know. I know He's helped me along the way. So that's how I cope with my hardships, to say it that way. What is something that you wish you didn't worry so much about in the past? Something that now you look back and you're like, oh, that didn't even matter. What would I worry? Well, I, you know, it's weird because I always worried about losing him or you losing did? some of my kids. Yeah, it was, it was awful. And um, I don't know why. And sometimes I would wake up and just touch him, like to make sure he was there. Yeah, yeah. But actually, so you wish you wouldn't have worried about that. I wish I hadn't worried because it happened. I mean, it has to happen to all of us. But well, you can't control certain things, right? Can't control it. Um. Somebody said, "Best advice to get over." What What is your best dating advice? I don't know that I like your dating advice. Because you grew up too old-fashioned. Well, she grew up in a very different time. She doesn't understand how things are now. Well, no. If I tell her that I meet a guy, she's like, "So, are you guys date? Is he your boyfriend?" I'm like, "We went on a date, one date." No, I used to date. It's not that I'm that old. I mean, but the thing is that I think guys jump into like a relationship too quickly. No, they don't. It's the opposite. They don't get into relationships. Yeah, they do because um, where are you getting this information? From what I see around Where? the world. Where? Everywhere. Where? But let me tell you guys, I, I dated, but my time was like, we got to know each other. We would went out. We would got to the mood, like every normal Only human kiss. being. Only kiss, right? That's, that's the thing. I mean, we would hold hands. We would kiss um, normally. And what she teases me about is that I tell her, there was not sex at all. So I'm going to say it out loud. I mean, I'm a virgin. Why? Because guys will respect you till the time that they really fell in love with you and wanted to form a good relationship. So I grew up in that time. Yeah. So to me, 
I feel like um, if a guy really, really, really loves you, he will respect you because I don't know. But what if you want to do that? Well, that's up to you then. The <laughs> poor guy is not at fault. So, I mean, if you want to do it, I'm sure he's not going to say no. Yeah. Wait, I'm I wanna, so sure. I want to talk about this because, so my mom came into my aging episode, my turning 30 episode at the end, and she just gave a little pep talk. And I want to elaborate on this because you were in your late 20s. And you had no desire to get married. No. You were happy. You were struggling a lot. But you were, your mentality wasn't, oh my God, I'm 27, 28. I need to get married. I need to find da, da, da. And you were in such a different time where in the time that you grew up, you were probably, it was crazy to people that you were probably 28 and didn't want to get married. Oh yeah, it was the old hag probably, you know, but I never cared. And my mom was very, very you know, for that time, she was very liberal in the sense that she always said, if you don't find the right guy, you better off alone. Can you talk to, tell you us, know? can you t t tell us about your parents and what your mom did when everything happened? I think it's very inspirational. With what happened? When your dad cheated on your mom. Oh, well, like she was very um, calmly. She got her, her clothes, packed everything up, put them outside, and she says, goodbye. Bye-bye. See and then, you later. But then what did she start doing? Oh, she started working like crazy because... But what was she, she doing? She didn't want to support us. He would she would even go and work in, in, in a house. She would take care of houses or look like after when people houses. would travel because she was very... She had a very good upbringing, but she said, I'm not going to stay with the guy that cheats on me. No way. I will do whatever it takes. So she walked later away. Later on, he realized he had she, made a mistake and... That's about it. So I grew up kind of like not taking bad things from, from a guy, like uh, demanding or saying stuff. I said, no, if my mom did it where she really, like, really struggled doing it, I can do it. So I think that um, she respected herself in that sense and didn't let a guy run over her. So then you were in your late 20s and you were, you had just started working full time at a company right? You had just started working full-time at a company. You were going to university at night. Yep. You were taking care of your sick mom and your brothers were not helpful because they were tremendos, which in English means they were wild. Yep. And you had no money. Nope. And sometimes you wouldn't eat so that your mom could, so you could get her medication, right? Yeah, I might have like very little food. Um, thank God I didn't know I had low blood sugar at that time but um can you remember being in those days and what what like how would you wake up and be like okay let's I take just, on the day i don't know i would do it I, I i would say i have to get up i have to work thank god i have a job and um and then i can live and pay for my rent and the stuff and and the bus money i would love it when somebody would give me a ride it was like oh my god i saved like 50 cents at that time for the bus yeah i didn't see it i mean i just that's what I tell you. I, my, my attitude was always yeah. positive. But always how? Positive. how? Where do you think that came from? I don't know. I think God always loved me. gave me that strength. I, yeah. I just, if people would say to me, they probably thought, some people would say that you're so lucky you don't have any problems. I would just laugh. I said, yeah, yeah, well, you know. It's great when you will go through a lot of stuff because whatever comes, you don't take it for granted, yeah. and you're very grateful. 
you know, you're very grateful for, for what I have now. I'm very grateful for what, I, for what I have now. So back to the single thing. You didn't have any fear of like, oh, maybe I'm not going to find a guy. Maybe I'm not going to get married. I'm just going to be alone. Like, what did you think? What was your thought no, process? No, you know. Or did you think you were going to get married? No, no. But you wanted kids. After seeing that, um, no. After seeing how what my mom went through, I said, no way. I'm not going to put up with this kind of situations. And But I did have a lot of boyfriends. Like, guys would... Um, invite me out all the time so I would go dancing and they would take me out to dinner so I was a very happy single person tell us about the time you know? when you dated twins and they found out oh yeah that was a time I had no idea they were so so handsome and you couldn't asked decide because at that time they would ask you you know you want to be my girlfriend and then you go yeah you know it's okay we're boyfriend girlfriend and then I liked his brother and he asked me and I said I don't think they'll notice how would they so not I notice? Say yes, and of course, the, about a week I ended up with no one. But you know, didn't they that look, was me. How could you tell them apart? They were a slightly, they were slightly different. They were twins, but physically they were slightly different. They were, they were both so so handsome, and they had like a band. And after I screwed up, well, I asked them if they wanted to play in my fifteen-year-old party. Oh, you were 15? I was 15. And so, you know, they laughed. They said, okay. See, I don't feel like so. I, I, I think I became boy crazy when I was a senior in high school. That's when I started getting. But our dating was like boy crazy. Like holding hands. I was very late. That was I, it. I, like, I think I feel, I, feel, I feel like with that stuff, I, I was a late bloomer. I was just, we just hold hands and walk. I mean, that was like the girl, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend stuff. So then you had this mentality, you didn't care, you didn't want to get married, you were happy, you were just living your life. Yep. And then what happened? Well, that's when, when I met your father. And then when I saw him, I said, oh boy, I do want to get married. Tell the story. Tell it the story like, from the beginning. It was like love at first sight. Tell the story. I was working and he was supposed to be my new boss. And um, when he walked into the office and I saw him, I couldn't believe it. I said, oh my God, I'm gonna die right now at this moment. <laughs> and, and my, my um, co-workers, which is cracking up, just so Maria, yeah, you hope. I go, oh, he's gonna be mine. But I was kidding. I was really kidding because he was a hottie, but really hot. And of course, that personality, tall, blonde, green eyes. Wait, because you, you, you're not good wow. at telling stories. I'm not? No. He, my mom was working at a company. There was a new boss coming in. He was this gringo, which is just American, this American man who had just moved to Costa Rica. He was divorced. It was like the talk of the town. Like he would just, he, he had just gone to the company. And that's it. And then she saw him and was like, oh my God, he's beautiful. I'm in love. But then nothing happened. And then one day, he asked you out. No, of course nothing happened to me. It's just, and I would call him sir, like in Spanish, don, don, right? So, <laughs> and um, and so I would like. So tell the story about when, when he called you one day. And one day he um, he called me to his office and he said, "Look, um, you've done a great job with all these insurance claims and stuff from the company. Um, I would really like to take you out to, to dinner if you accept." I froze. I froze <laughs> right in front of him and just stared at him. And I'm like, oh. And I ran out of his office. 
And then I realized I had run out of his office and I go, what am I doing? So I went back in and he was just like with his eyes really open looking like, what did I do? Um, and I go like, well, could you please write it down and sign it? And I said, why did I ever say like that? Like she asked him to put it in writing because oh she didn't believe him. God. And, You're and, so and, crazy. Yeah, I am. And so... Afterwards, he said to That's me, he, why said, he loved you. He said, I couldn't believe what you, you just said to me. I mean, in my life, I, no one in my life ever said anything like and that. And then she gave him the wrong address. Oh, yeah. To I go gave pick him, him up. She usually the wrong address. And uh, so he knew, he said, if Maria said the right, I know her house is on the left. Yeah, my mom because is Because I not, do that yeah. a lot, quite often. So that's how our relationship started. Um, he said one a little, day, a little, a little um, scandalous, a little in yeah, office talking, scandal, um, like talking to him. He said, um, "I liked you. It was funny from the first day I saw you." And I go, oh "My God, why didn't you say something? We wasted so much time, mommy." Oh my God, I'm sorry. I don't know. So that's how everything started, and that's how we are. We ended up marrying each other. What would you say to somebody who wants to improve their relationship with their mom? Well, it, it is a little bit um, hard because I don't know. Yeah, the situation. You know, the situation. I don't know what the mom is like. I mean, if she's demanding or if she's too sweet or if she what wants to comply with, with the daughter or and maybe the daughter likes to be, I don't know, it's, it's hard. Like, if she's demanding, she tries with sweetness to make her understand that, you know, you do like to do your own things. Maybe talk to her and do some things together. Um, it, it is a very hard question because I would, I would have to know what the problem with the mom is. So it, I, I wouldn't know really, really you know what, what to a, say. A lot of people ask me how I deal with being far, moving away from your family, not being in the same country or same state anymore and navigating that and still i guess bridging that gap of 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 distance and staying close what would you say what do you think works for us because we haven't been living in the same country for a long time well that thank god i can go often and see her and lisa can come often and see me and also like we talk a lot on the phone or we message every day yeah even if it's hi are you yeah, okay something. are you alive yeah are you okay? Yes, good morning, good morning, or good night, good night. But we know that we're okay, that we answer each other. Um, sometimes I have a long day, and I, I remember, oh, my God, I have to send Lisa a message. I just said, oh, I had a whole long day. I'm so tired. Boom. But at least she knows what I'm doing. Or I send her a voicemail, yeah. which is easier. Voice note. Yeah. So, yeah, voice note, sorry. And so, yeah, that's about how we cope with being far away. Somebody sent me a message asking, she was wanting advice on moving from her family because she, I think it was for a job and she felt guilty like leaving your family which is something I feel all the time it's not guilty but it's like I feel like I don't want to miss any time with you you know what I mean like I want to spend as much time as I can but also I know that what I want to do and what I'm trying to do I can't do it here I can't do it in this country I, I it's there's no place for me to do it here so it's like I'm I'm taking an I'm taking advantage of an opportunity that I have to live in the states and to really try and build a beautiful career, you know. But then you also feel not it's not even it's not guilt. I mean, sometimes I do feel guilty, but it's like 
you know, you, you, you want to be with your family. You want to be close to your family. Yeah, that's normal. I know, but it's it's not easy to cope sometimes because you're like, oh, you know, some days I, I it does hit me. But then I'm like, okay, I need a, you know, you do the best you can, I guess, with communication and with trying to see people as often as you can. But what would you say? Well, as I, a mother, I, I what would, would say you say? We as moms, of course, I would like to have everybody close to me 24-7. But I understand that it comes to a point where we have to do our own lives because if we're moms, we're not going to be forever. We're not going to live 300 years. And and you need to let your kids live and do what they want to do. And I would recommend, like, just call them often, message, and if it's not far away, just drop in yeah, once or twice a month if, if it's possible. Yeah. No, and... Uh, or have them come over to see you and stay with you for a little bit. What would you say about the guilt thing? No, don't feel guilty because you need to work. And I mean, and everybody has to support it themselves. And it's very hard if you don't work. Yeah. So I'm sure that parents understand this because we always want the best for our kids, always. What's, what's the hardest thing about being a mother? What's the hardest thing and then what's the best thing? Well, the hardest thing is that you wish that nothing happens to them. Yeah. That they don't suffer, that yeah. nobody does anything to them, that everybody loves it, you know. And so you really feel bad when somebody does something when they're, when they're suffering. You just feel like you wish it was you instead of them. I feel like that with Ollie. Like, I don't know how I will be able to have children because when something... You know, when Ollie was living with me in Miami, which you guys ask me about all the time, you ask me if he's going to come back to live with me, but he's too happy here with with the queen. So I don't know if that's going to be happening. But (laughs) when something would happen to him, you know, like one day a dog attacked him, well, attacked us both, but like attacked him or, you know, he had an accident with his paw one day. Like I was sick, physically sick. My heart was in pain. Like I just was like, I, I don't think I'll ever be able to have kids because I would rather stand in front of a bus than something happen to my dog. So how am I supposed to do this with a human being? Like, I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> I'm moving around because you see I'm getting stiff. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's hard. So I what's mean, the best thing? The best thing is just to love them when they're little. No, what's the best? Them. No, mommy. Why? What's the best thing? What's the best thing about being a mother? Which is, that's what I'm saying, caring for your child. That's the best thing? Yeah, trying to to teach them all the things they need to do and to learn and to help them and, um, and be a mother, be a friend, be a mother, first of all. And so, so they can go out in the world and, and depend on their own. But I, they, and make them understand that if you're there, you always be there for them. Yeah. What do you think is something I could work on a little bit more. Your patience. Okay. Could be a little bit more patient. Do you have um, a specific example? Like a hundred? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. No, I would like an example. No, but it's just that you get frustrated. Yeah. If something, you don't want to hear something that you're telling, some, somebody's telling you something and she doesn't want to hear it. But give me an example. She gets frustrated. Don't say that. Don't, don't, don't. Okay, more patience. What else? Um, when she's driving. But that's also impatient. I, I have road rage. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That that's it. That's all you think I can work on. And uh, and to be more patient when somebody's telling her something and that she doesn't want to hear it. Okay. You already said that. Yeah. Is there anything else? Again. Uh, 
Well, sometimes, sometimes I tell you I don't want to talk about something, and you keep going, and that's where yeah, I. She doesn't like to hear the world. But it's it's not that. Sometimes she t she starts talking about something, and I don't want to talk about it. It's depressing. It's I understand it's what's happening in the world. I can educate myself, and I can read about it. I don't want to talk about it when I'm having dinner and I'm having a good time. And you love to just recap the like all the news stories of the day. And sometimes I don't want to hear it. And that's not being impatient. But I get impatient when I tell you, I don't want to talk about this. And you keep <laughs> trying to tell me. And I tell you, I don't want to talk about this. And you keep going and you keep going. And then I get mad. No kidding. What's a green, f what's a green flag for you in a friend? And if you don't know what that means, there's this thing that people talk about on social media where it's like red flag, green flag. So a red flag is like something alarming in somebody. So, for example, let's use Mr. Gray as an example. Let's use Mr. Gray as an example. The first red flag should have been that he wanted to buy me a designer bag on our first date. That sh that's a red flag. That's not normal. That's not normal behavior. Okay? A green flag would have been that when I showed up, which is, this is like the bare minimum, but like he pulled my chair out. He was a gentleman. He was, you know, he spoke so kindly to the waiter. Those are green flags. Okay. That's my example for you. Okay. So what's a green flag in a friendship for you? Like to have a friend that when you need her or need him, they're there. Mommy, and that's obvious. Of course, but some people don't. If she's not a good friend, well, then, they should, then she's not a friend. Well, but you said what is a, 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 a green flag? Yeah. Yeah, or that she's always uh, concerned that something happens to you, or if she she sees you upset, she will come at least with a croissant and say, "Here, let's have some coffee and talk." Yeah, that's yeah. that's what's really a red nice. flag. A red flag is in friendship. If you call somebody, they don't give whatever. Um, they don't what? They don't if they don't care about your problems. But that's not they a don't friend. Care, um, but sometimes people try to be your friend and then when you ask them for help, they say no. And then that's when you realize that they're not friends or when they, uh, they're not happy if you have like, um, something good. Yeah. If something really good happens to you and you tell them really excited and just look at I you like, uh, I hate that. oh, you know, yeah. and then you go, oh my God, that's, you even feel weird talking yeah. about it. So that's when you say, well, I guess they don't get happy for what's happy for you. Then she's not or he's not a good friend. What would you say to somebody who is around my age and maybe they're struggling to find great friends that they love and that they feel safe with? What would you say? Well, it's just you have to keep trying. It's hard yeah. nowadays to find a really good friend. Yeah. I've got my friends that when I was little and um, I was very fortunate to have them. And I am very fortunate to have them. And, but now I see how the kids struggle with friendships, yeah. how they get hurt, how they get betrayed. And I, I just can't understand because we never had that problem. I feel like something that happens now amongst many things is a lot of people are more worried, I think because of the digital age that we live in with social media, a lot of people are more concerned with how something looks to the public and to whoever is around them and watching them. They're more concerned with how something looks versus how something feels. Oh, that's true. That's true. They look. They would you. rather have. They would rather yeah. show that they have this. Like I don't know. Just a dumb example. Like a group of 
you know, all these friends and this and that. And it's like, that's fine if you have that and if they make you happy. But I think more people worry so much about, I, I need to make sure people think that I have this type of it's, life when it's um, like, worry about how it feels. They're very superficial. Yeah. I think it's being superficial is your lack of something inside of you. And if you are, like, if you want, like, the material stuff, I, I always thought there's got to be something wrong with, not it's wrong because I know pretty things are pretty and stuff like that, but that shouldn't be your main concern. Yeah. I should, I, that's why I guess my friends and I get along so well because they're all so nice and they have so many values. They care more about what's in life, who needs something, helping other people, making sure somebody asks for help, go help them no matter what, you know, and no matter who it is. Yeah. And that really fills you up. That really, uh, it makes me really happy yeah. to, to be able to help others in need. In need of anything, like talk, like if they want to talk to you, listen to them. If they need of food, food. If they need of money, and if I can give it, okay, do it. Help them get out of a situation, yeah. you know, it's I really think nice. I wanted to ask you about purpose. Like, what do you think your purpose is in the world? Or one of them. I know what I think yours is. But what do you think your purpose is? Or one of your biggest purposes? And this could be anything. There's not a wrong answer. But what do you think What do you think God put you in this world to do? You know, I always ask him in my prayers that what does he want me to be and to do. And what I do most is help people. It's like um, I see somebody in need. And uh, not only like material, like I was saying, but also in the spiritual part if they need to talk if they need um advice so you think they, that's your purpose i think because sometimes i feel like a priest a lot of people <laughs> call me for advice and stuff and you know and if i can't say the right thing then we both go we both try to call somebody and and get them the right what's person. The, what's the last thing somebody called you for advice about if you can get maybe you don't have to give details but when people are asking you for advice, what is it about? Well, most of all, is toward my age and other people. Um, last time I talked to somebody, that she also had lost her husband, and she okay. asked me that, how did I cope with it? Yeah. What did I do? So I started talking, telling her the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And like she said, because I plan to do this and this and that, and I said, no, that's not good. It's not good. I'm, What's not good? Um, well, what she said, she kind of like, trusting me to something but sometimes that's what I'm saying is you have to speak and and advise and help with your heart yeah if you don't do that from the bottom of your heart then you're not doing it yeah that's that's what I I want to tell them and I think your purpose well I think we all have many purposes right I think I think it's this used to trip me up in my brain because you know we hear about like what's your purpose what's your purpose right so you think that it's just one thing like you think it, you have to find that oh, one no. thing. And it took me a long time, probably 29 years, to understand that you can have many purposes. And there's many of them that maybe I have one yet. Maybe I have one that I don't know yet, you know? And I read this quote the other day and then I loved it. And it said, your purpose is not what you do. Your purpose is what happens to people around you when you do what you do. So in your case, I think one of your purposes in life is to be a mother, a beautiful mother an incredible mother and i think another purpose that you have is you're you are here to be a light 
for people. Like you are a light. You are so rare. Everybody says it to you. I know you don't believe it, but you are. And you walk into a room and it, you're like a light. That's what you are to people. And in, in any situation, you bring light to people around you. And maybe that light is help. Maybe it's co- companionship. Maybe it's support. Maybe it's you you make them laugh. Maybe you, whatever it is, right? But I think that's one of your biggest, biggest, biggest purposes because you have this incredible magnetic spirit that I, it's, it's so rare. And so in, in that quote, it makes the most sense, right? Because your purpose is, it, it's not just that, but it's seeing how it, you make everybody around you feel. When you walk in somewhere or when somebody comes to you, they always tell you, you feel like home. You feel so safe. I feel so welcome here. So it's how crazy, right? That, yeah, it that is crazy. It makes so much sense. It. it makes so much sense. It's yeah. not about what you do. It's how you make the people wherever you are, you know, when you're doing your thing, which is just existing, basically. It's how you make them feel. And that's what I think your purpose is. Yeah, it's funny because I have a young, it's a young priest friend of mine, and Lisa knows him. Yeah, he's so funny. Every time he comes to the house. I like feel, wait, I want to say something because I think... I think that people, maybe I'm generalizing, but I think a lot of people still have this preconceived notion, right? Of like, when you think of a priest, you think of like, you know, this like very serious man in church and like, he's just going to yell at you for your sins and whatever. And it's like, my mom has a beautiful community here and she knows a lot of priests, probably all of them (laughs) in this country. And so many of them I've gotten to know and I'm not going to say there aren't some that I've known in my life that are not very nice and just like just boring and they fit the stereotype. But there are so many that aren't. And this one that my mom was talking about, I met him a few months ago and he's so young. He's so chill. He literally comes to have breakfast here at my house with us. And he's like, he's so funny. He, it's just like it's just like a normal person, yeah, like just a normal. People. I know, but you 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 think that it's like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, sometimes people don't give them a chance to get to know yeah. And maybe because they, they do a, a pretty, maybe a boring sermon or yeah. something like that. They you get go, judged. Oh, he's yeah. so, and no, we should never judge, not not only priests, but no one. Yeah, because nobody. no one knows what you're going through at that moment. Yeah. But anyway, this this friend, this a priest, he just uh, comes home and, and he's always like, oh, I don't want to leave. I just feel so much at peace here. I don't know why this house is so peaceful. I don't want to go. Well, everybody says and, that. And everybody says that. And so I'm very happy for that because it is. I try it. Um, what do you think my purpose is, one of them? I think you you also like to help people a lot. I think you're going through that same way. Um, I do it in a different way than you, but yeah. Yeah, well, but it will come maybe a, a time when you you realize that you can you be you're helping in a lot of other ways to care to help to help. I mean, you're saying need. my purpose in life is to care for people. I mean, that's I didn't fine. Need. I mean, um, I love that. I'm just clarifying. No, that's I it? would say because you do. I yeah. see you when somebody's in need. You try to do something, even if you don't know them. Either you call me and say, "Let's help these people." Um, and we do, and which is, it's good. Cause not a lot of kids like your age think about others. Maybe not everybody. And so we go back to the same thing. This world is so into all this beauty stuff and stuff. And which is fine, because I'm into that as well. Yeah, but then, but not only that. You can't yes, just focus on that, yeah. not that. 
I mean, I, I like to. I mean, I'm a very simple person. I like to use lipstick and some eyebrow stuff that Lisa brings me in, in things. But that's it. But when I like do you, to dress. I when like do to you wear my little things? When do you feel the most confident, or do you feel confident every day? I feel because I think you feel. I think you feel confident every day. I feel confident every day, even though sometimes when I'm joining a new group of people that that I don't know, I feel intimidated. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah. I, I still have that. Once I break the eyes, you know, I might feel good. But if, like, for for example, at the country club, I hardly go. I never go because I don't feel like it's it, it. I I don't feel like I'm in my zone. In my zone, even though I would like to go and exercise there, so I don't have to pay for someone. It's just like we're the same with that, and it's weird. we don't like. We don't. I don't know if I want to get into this conversation, but. I like to feel comfortable. I'd rather feel comfortable than be somewhere that's like super bougie. See, I'm the same way. And that, but like, here's the thing. I feel like if I say that, people are going to roll their eyes because like, I think I live in a beautiful apartment. I I like nice bags. I, you know, I like these things. But at the same time, like I would, I don't care about those things. Like I don't need to be in the nicest restaurant. I don't need to be seen at the nicest club. I don't care. I literally don't care. I'm happier in my house or in a super chill like cute comfy spot where I feel safe and comfortable and not like having to dress to the nines and and I hate when I'm somewhere I don't like when I'm somewhere and I feel like people are looking around trying to see who's there who's not there what are they wearing what are they who are they with I hate that and I always have no your father and I think you're the same way Tom was the same way. We, we do I like young. nice things? Yes. I think everybody. But I want to nice feel. Things, but don't make them your main. No, purpose, but I want right? to. It's not though. No. But I want to feel comfortable. Okay, we're gonna start wrapping up because okay. we've been talking for a while. What would you say to somebody who is maybe feeling a little lost right now in life? Maybe they're in their twenties, thirties. Maybe they're feeling a little lost. But lost means a lot of ways. Okay, lost so maybe they maybe sense. they maybe they don't know what their purpose is. They have no idea. That comes to you. That's really very hard, like to say, you know, your purpose is this or your purpose is that. No, um, I think that comes when you realize it, when you're doing things and something will hit you and you say, oh my God, I like this or yeah. I like doing that. I feel good doing this. Oh, this is good. I'm going to keep doing it. And maybe not only one thing, but various things. So, like the purpose in life, maybe they're doing something right now and don't they don't realize it, yeah. you know? Because um, I'm sure there's thousands of good people and and helpful and great, wonderful kids around the world, um, and they should know that if they look for something, just to be patient. Yeah. Not to hurry, not my, to hurry. My and, specialty. And, and get stuff, just, yeah. Okay, wait, wait, I want to ask one more question really quick. Um, what's like a funny, what's something that we've been through together that's funny, that when you think about it, you just laugh so much? Like a funny oh memory. So many I know. funny memories. I want to share one funny, I want to share one funny memory. Just the funny thing is when people ask me sometimes something, I block. My brain just blocks. Yeah. And then I start, rem- I start remembering everything after maybe I, I hung up but or let's, let's try talking. to Let's try to think of a funny memory somewhere doing something. Oh, I, I remember once where we were in this hotel. We were with this friend of mine who's 
we were celebrating her birthday and I'm scared. I don't know what you're gonna say. And no, the 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 apartment just started burning. I mean the, the hotel started burning. Cuando? In in ¿Dónde está el agua? Oh in Florence. Florence. No Ve Venice. Venice. In Venice. And um, Oh that was funny. So um here um my friend says to me, I was gonna make some tea, but I finally didn't make it because we were leaving the next day. So I had everything packed, just left my clothes for the next day. Um, everybody was, I guess, ready for the next day. It was and nighttime. So it was nighttime, yes, of course. And so I said, I'm going to make myself a cup of tea and go to bed. I always love tea at night. And so I didn't make it. And so all of a sudden, my friend starts like waking me up. I was sound asleep. And she goes, Hey, 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 wake up, wake up. The hotel is burning. <laughs> And I, I thought she was kidding. And so I woke up and I go, oh, and I went back to sleep. And then she goes like, they, I think it's you. You left the pot on and, and the hotel burned. I mean, I was so crazy. And I, so finally I sat on my bed and I go, what? I didn't even make my tea. So by this time, all these good looking guys, I guess they were like from the um, like bodyguards or guards or whatever, they came in knocking on every door, getting people out. It was the hotel was literally and, in full and, of smoke. And my friend tells the guy, I think she burned the hotel because she left the pot on. And I'm like, no, he was Italian. And I'm saying like, look, she says I burned the hotel and I didn't look, the pot is not. And the guy didn't know what was going on. So what I did, I just grabbed a pair of jeans, put them on and grabbed my, my passport and stuff and just left uh, the room. Well, here comes, we were, I said, where's Lisa? Lisa was in another room downstairs we were in I don't remember what floor and so where's Lisa where's Lisa so I see her all dressed up no I wasn't yes you were makeup on I had mommy I had no makeup on we had it was I was in bed well anyway you will dress with all with a really big bag and with like two or three purses that she had bought <laughs> And I'm like, well, Lisa. obviously, if she the apartment says, is burning down, I, go, I was like, okay. Where's your clothes? Where's your, did you bring your pamphlets? She says, oh, I brought my purses. I'm not going to leave them there. To get so I'm basically, like, somebody knocked I'm on like, my somebody knocked on my door. And oh. I, no, I heard the fire alarm, actually. Somebody knocked on my door. I heard the fire alarm. I look around my room, and it was smoky everywhere. And I was like, oh, my God. Because you always hear these alarms, and you never think yeah, it's you real. Never think it's real. And I was like, oh, my God. What am I going to do? So I got up. I I had my airport outfit laid out because I was, oh, because I'm my father's daughter and because we were leaving the next yeah, day. Yeah, we were leaving. We so I put it on. everything ready. I put it on. I grabbed my duffel and I put like my makeup, my skincare. I know. It's, it's and then like I did shopping there. So I had, I grabbed my bags and I just, you know, waltzed down and I knew it was going to be fine because they were not that stressed. Like the people. No, it was our floor. Our floor got flooded. And it turns out it was crazy. the That's room. That's not that funny though. It was the room across from our room that was burning down. And I mean, it was horrible. Then they switched as well. Anyway, the rest was a nightmare. Yeah. But you know, the funny thing is that I'm, I'm getting my passport and the most important things. What does Lisa get? Her purse. But I did I mean, also, I did bring my passport as oh, well. I, I didn't know, but we were cracking up seeing yeah. her with and her then we, bag. Yeah, that was funny. I hope you guys enjoyed. I think the next time we should do a drinking episode where we play like a drinking game. So it's more f like, it's like a f like funny and fun. I haven't been drinking a lot. So okay, I well, I'm... Like, maybe we, a glass of wine. Next time we can play a drinking game. But 
that is all for today. What else, what would you like to leave everybody with? What's the one thing you want people to remember in this episode? Or what is one thing you want people to take with them on their day today after listening to this conversation? Well, after listening to all this, just don't worry about what purpose or not purpose that you have. Just just be, be let's say, be what you want to be. Do what you want to do. Always thinking and and preparing to do the right thing you know and always knowing that you all people are worth a million things and that you're all great and you're all beautiful inside and don't let anybody else tells you otherwise because i mean all these hearts and all these people that i see um they write to lee signs and messages to her um you're beautiful you're actually really beautiful people. And even though I don't know you, I love you. Mm-hmm. And um, and thank you. I really do want to thank you for wanting to listen to me. They this crazy you. old lady. They but love you. Thank you, guys, really, from the bottom of my heart. And I hope God blesses you all. Bye. <laughs> that was so sweet. Okay. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed. I will see you guys next week. We will have a solo next week. It will, it will be just you and I. I'm flying home tomorrow. Oh, we, I always set the mood. I always tell them where I am, what I'm doing when I start to record. We didn't do that. Do you want to help me do it really quick? Okay. Okay. So it's Saturday, February 18th, 2.30 p.m. We just finished. What, where are we? Describe where we are. We are in our living room because the wind is so harsh. Yeah, I mean, it's outrageous um i think it blew a cable out because the lights just went out out, for sure and i'm sure it's in the whole block or the whole neighborhood um and we're just sitting here on the floor my butt hurts yeah i'm gonna see if i can get up now (laughs) just in our living room on the floor i'm in sweatpants and i got all cute because i thought we were gonna record it and now we're not even didn't even need to do that so i have makeup on i even got a pair of lisa's new earrings on yeah she's always decked out in m club okay well that is all for today guys i hope you guys enjoy i will see you next week thank you so much for listening mommy love you thank you for joining us today thank you for having me and i'll see you soon on the podcast okay love you